Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. Welcome in, everybody. Glad to see you. The last time I'm going to see you before the games on Saturday. It is Thursday morning. Uh, will not be live with you tomorrow. Just uh, just a heads up. You know, if you're one of the daily watchers, I will not be live tomorrow. My son's birthday party is on Saturday afternoon. Got a lot to do. So uh, I will uh, I will not be with you on uh, on Friday morning. But glad you're here with me right now. By the way, if you're a first-time watcher, my name is Michael Borky, and I am happy to see you. Today, doing what I usually do at the end of the week. Uh, the two questions thing. I'm stealing my own idea from the radio show. I do it. Uh, we do it every Friday, uh, but I'm doing it here now because it's my content and I get to use it however I want. Uh, Mississippi State and Ole Miss both absolutely have to do what if they want to win the game on Saturday and what can they absolutely not do? I've also got four picks for you. Had a good week. Last couple weeks been okay. They've been pretty good. Actually, I'm not going to sit here and, and say things like get rich off my picks because I don't don't think you will. But if you want to follow them for whatever reason, on a pretty good run right now, actually picking college football games. And so maybe that will uh, that will continue. But first, I remind you real quick while you're here, if you're watching on Twitter, remember, you cannot comment. I, uh, I got a DM yesterday asking why I was blocking comments. That's not me. I, I don't know what I can do about that. Uh, you have to be on YouTube or Facebook if you want to comment. I know. Uh, but that's what you have to do. So find me, Michael Borky, on YouTube or Facebook if you want. But on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, if you like what you hear, actually like the video. That would help me uh, with the algorithm and all that stuff, you know, get seen by more people. Uh, I'm not big enough yet to really actually have, like, algorithm influence. But, you know, getting into the habit, I guess, would be a nice thing. Uh, but find me on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and wherever you get your podcast, my name or Mike in the morning uh, will turn up results. Not the best name, but we'll get a better one at some point. All right, let's just dive right in. Probably going to be a shorter one of these today than usual, uh, just because I still have a lot to do, even though it's not Friday yet. I still have a ton to do. Um, two questions thing. We'll start with... Uh, with Mississippi State and Alabama, although it's the later game in the day by... No, it's earlier, right? I have that backwards. State-Alabama is 6 o'clock. Ole Miss-Tennessee is 6.30. So, yeah, we're going to start with the game that actually starts first. Uh, Mississippi State absolutely has to do what if they want to shock the world and pull an upset on Saturday night. And what I have written down is play perfect, unrealistic. So... That's basically what happened in College Station. Alabama, they played poorly. We talked about it on Saturday night, talked about it a couple of times this week, I believe, if not here, definitely the radio show, where Alabama didn't play their best. Now, that has some things to do with Texas A&M. The Aggies controlled the line of scrimmage and were physical and played well. But Alabama had multiple big drops, key penalties, a goal-to-go situation in which Bryce Young threw an interception. Uh, 
a special teams blunder giving Texas A&M a kickoff return for a touchdown. That's the kind of stuff that needs to happen in Starkville on Saturday for this to be a thing. Uh, State has to play absolutely perfect, and Alabama has to be on their B or C game. That's not being flippant. That's just in this situation, considering where the rosters are at the moment, that's kind of the recipe for an upset. State has to be basically perfect, and Alabama has to play in a similar way that they did last week. Although, talking about winning the game here, I think, is is unrealistic. And that's, again, that's not a, a shot at State. The same thing applies to Ole Miss, and the same thing applies to basically everybody on Alabama's schedule. Now, you might catch lightning in the bottle the way the Aggies did. They are not robots. They are humans. They can play poorly. I'm not saying that there's a 0% chance it happens, but the margin is very, very slim. So making it a more realistic conversation, the the key to the game for State to me is even if you don't win, as I talked about earlier this week, just looking like you belong, but that starts with one thing, continuing to play clean football. They played clean football last week in College Station, or two weeks ago in College Station. Their last time they played, they played clean football. Well, Rodgers didn't turn it over. He dropped back 63 times and was sacked three times in 63 attempts. He was sacked three times. That's a good sheet for the offensive line, considering how much he threw the football. No turnovers, uh, penalties that didn't really affect the game. Of course, you're going to have penalties through the course of a game, but no meaningful ones like in the LSU game the week prior. They played clean football. They protected Rodgers. They played clean football. Um didn't really have any blown coverages like in the LSU game, things like that. They played clean. They played their assignments. They didn't make mistakes. And sure enough, they won a football game. That's the thing I'm looking forward to seeing the most. This weekend for me in state is not outcome driven in terms of win or loss. It's what did you look like in the game? Make playing clean who you are now instead of what you can be when you do it. Make that a weekly thing. Is the offensive line going to continue to protect Will Rogers well? Because if that's the case, then the rest of the season is very favorable for State. Are you going to not have costly penalties? Are you going to not turn the football over? Are you going to play sound special teams? Are you going to not blow assignments in the secondary? If Alabama's going to score on you, make them work for it. That kind of stuff. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's the key for State is continuing to play clean. Because when you do, when you play mistake-free football, you beat a ranked NC State team. When you play mistake-free football, you go to College Station and win. But when you blow assignments and turn the football over, LSU, a bad LSU team, beats you at home. When you turn the football over and make mistakes and don't execute in the red zone, you lose to now what we've seen is a bad Memphis team. Memphis hasn't won since the state game. There's your margin for error. It's just clean football. So that's what I'm looking for. This Saturday in Starkville is not a win or a loss. That's not how you measure this game, in my opinion. Some fans don't like that. I think most of you understand where I'm coming from here. It's a progression thing. Last year, State didn't belong on the field with Alabama at all. Didn't belong on the field. That's the next step. Are you in the game? Are you competitive? Are you making plays? Are you playing clean? Is this what you are going to be moving forward? Because if that's the case, 
once you get past this game, the rest of the season is very easy to navigate, truthfully. If you play like you did in College Station two weeks ago, this this back half of this season is really easy to navigate for you. And you can end up playing in a bowl game in Florida, which would be a big-time win in year two. That's what I'm looking for. Playing clean football. Keeping Rodgers clean. Avoiding major penalties. No mental mistakes. That's what I'm looking forward to. And the thing that they absolutely cannot do is get beat at the line of scrimmage. Alabama, in their two road games, have been beat at the line of scrimmage. Florida did it. Florida was able to, in the second half anyway, really control the line of scrimmage, really on both sides of the ball. Texas A&M did the same thing. Now, the story of the game is the drops and Bryce Young not playing well and throwing an interception in special teams, but the reason Texas A&M was able to have early success was they controlled the line of scrimmage. They got to Bryce Young. They brought multiple blitzers, and those guys were able to get home. They protected Zach Calzada, and he was able to be comfortable in the pocket and distribute the football in the best game of his life. Uh, You cannot get beat at the line of scrimmage. You cannot, Mississippi State's offensive line cannot lose to three or four guys because Alabama is going to do the same thing everybody else does. And the problem is they've got better players than everybody else that you'll play this year. Um, You cannot lose up front to three or four guys because if three or four from Alabama are getting home, it's going to be a long, 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 long night if Alabama's getting home with three, because you guys know this. Yes, I know they just lost to Texas A&M, but despite one of the dumbest questions I've ever heard at a press conference about State taking Alabama lightly because they happen to lose a game, with all due respect, wow. Um, And Mike Leach's answer was just gold. He said, if we take Alabama lightly, we're the dumbest team in America. (laughs) Um, Up front, they cannot lose three or four. They can't do it because if that's the case, it's going to be a long night. Um, so there you go. There's your two questions. Zach says rude. I know, man. I I know. I've I've got I've got a lot to do, and Richard's off tomorrow as well. So um, actually, that doesn't increase my workload at all. Um, but still, uh, I like to be extra prepared on on those kind of days, and um, just got a lot to do. My parents are coming to town, and I never get to see them just because we live, you know, far away, and uh, just got a lot to do. So today's the final day, sadly, of the week. I still will be live Saturday night. And here's a heads up for uh, for those of you and a lot of you, a lot more of you uh, watch and download the podcast too afterwards on Saturdays than any other day of the week. Um, I will be able to watch the games, but not as intently as I usually do. Uh, parents being in town and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm going to depend on you guys for a lot of commentary, and I think that's going to be fun, actually. I'm basically going to open it up and say, all right, what did you see? Tell me what you saw, and let's talk about what you saw. Uh, I wish I could take calls. You know, I think that would be a lot of fun, kind of like what uh, what Neil and Chase do. Uh, that would be great. The software, the only software that, that I can afford, I can't, so I have to depend on comments, but that's what we're going to do Saturday. It's going to be more like a fine bomb style. The audience is going to drive the conversation instead of me. So I'm looking forward to that. Sex is for state time of possession. I go back to the Arkansas game. He thinks last year where their offense ran three plays in the first quarter, the 2017 game versus Alabama was 39 minutes, to 21 minutes in time of possession. Um, yeah, state uh, actually does pretty well in, in TOP considering the style of offense that they play. Uh, 
some of their limitations that we've talked about in the past actually uh, help them in that regard because it's very high percentage plays, even though they're throwing the football 60-plus times a game, uh, or at least dropping back 60 times a game. Um, it's very high percentage throws. It's at the line of scrimmage. It's inside of 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. Those kind of throws are very high percentage. And so they've been able to control the football a little bit, and they're not using that much tempo. That's not really a thing that State has done so far this year, other than really early in the LSU game. And they did it some in College Station, but they're still being a little bit more methodical with their offense. The air raid does not mean hurry up. It just means they're going to throw the football a lot. Uh, so time of possession is not – when you hear air raid, you think, oh, well, those are quick three and outs and that kind of stuff. Not them. They really actually slowed things down and uh, controlled the pace of the game uh, more so than I was expecting when they hired him. Um, so that's a big key for sure. Ricky asking, can State win in the trenches? Can they win in the trenches? Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, I mean, A&M did it. But I do think um, Texas A&M is more talented than, than Mississippi State on, on the defensive front, especially. Uh, but State's good there. I, I mean, they, they have they have good players, not the best they've had in, in recent history, but they're they're solid in the front six for sure. Aaron Brulé's got to play better th- than he has this year. Simply got to play better. Um, but I, I do think between Florida A&M and State, even if it's marginal especially A&M's got a little bit more talent in the, in the front than State does. But Alabama's facing this unique style of defense, and I assume Arnett has seen a lot of what A&M did on film with the mixing up of blitzes and how that was able to, to confuse Alabama's front and get to Bryce Young. I expect them to be able to do the same. This is a huge, huge test, a huge test for the Mississippi State offensive line because they have played better. They've played better. But this is a, a different challenge. However, Alabama has shown you, again, they've played two games on the road and by and large have not really fared that well in the trenches. Uh, so this is a big test for for the state offensive line. Alabama's really only going to bring three and four. I mean, they may throw some blitzes in there because they feel comfortable in the back end with the way they're going to be able to cover. But you're going to get a similar defensive strategy. So how improved is the state offensive line? We're going to find out how improved they are because – Alabama's only going to send. You're going to have plus numbers in every drop back. Can you protect Rodgers with plus numbers? Big challenge uh, for that group. So we'll see. Uh, we will see. So now you're giving us homework. Yeah, something like that. I need to, I, I'm relying on you guys for the most part. Uh, just, I, I will not be able to. I usually sit right back here on this cheap little futon I bought, or, or most of the time in this chair because it's more comfortable than that cheap futon this chair costs more than a couch i have in this office um and i've got two tvs going and i'm sitting here taking notes and all that stuff will not be able to do that this saturday so i'm just going to depend on you guys a little bit more zach says one of hey dad's favorite questions is what stat do you need to see to be able to tell who won the game time of possession is usually my go-to uh mine is quarterback hurries hits and sacks those are all the same. So many people, especially NFL people, get caught up in sack numbers. That, that's not that's not everything. Even if you're not getting home necessarily and getting a sack doesn't mean you didn't affect the throw. If you're forcing a quarterback to rush a throw, if you're getting to him, 
it doesn't matter if you actually sack him if you're affecting the play. So that for this game would be mine is quarterback hurries, pressures, sacks. How does State fare in that, and how does Alabama fare in that? Because if Alabama has a couple of sacks, multiple hurries, stuff like that, I'm concerned. If, on the other side, Alabama does not have uh, multiple sacks, multiple hurries, if State's controlling the line of scrimmage, that that might be different. That uh, might be different. Brett says it's not irrational to think that the Ole Miss starting quarterback for 2022 is not yet on the roster. Apparently, Kiffin has a knack for turning formerly bench quarterbacks into studs. I could see Spencer Rattler transferring, at least flirting with the idea. I'm with you in that line of thinking. I do not think next year's quarterback is on the roster at the moment. Uh, and that's not a – people that listen to the radio show uh, seem to think that that's a shot at Luke Altmeyer. Uh It's not at all. It's just the most important position on the field. And there are going to be players in the transfer portal – that they might think and they may not. But Lane Kiffin's going to explore the transfer portal for quarterbacks, especially because there's going to be a lot of good ones in it. Um, There's a chance that Rattler still puts his name in the draft. I will say this. I I know he's extremely talented. And, you know, people compare him to Corral and what Corral was when Kiffin got there with his past and all that stuff. Um not the same as as Rattler. That's a locker room cancer that I wouldn't bring, truthfully. I, I wouldn't want that on, on my campus in my locker room. That's just me. Uh, he's extremely talented. You, you would think Lane Kiffin can get the best out of quarterbacks, even ones like him, but from what I've seen and read and, and what people are saying, that is not something that I would want in my locker room. There are going to be other quarterbacks out there uh, that are talented and that will not possibly blow up your locker room like this one possibly would. Uh, I wouldn't go down that road, but if, I, if I'm if i him, I at least have a conversation maybe if he's considering transfer. But there's going to be some really talented quarterbacks in the portal, uh, some that may even su- surprise some people. Like, let's say, for example, Anthony Richardson wants to leave Florida. Uh, yeah, sign me up, please. Because he's not going to start for for – Years, at least two more years. That's where I'd be more looking at. That's that's just me. I just don't want what appears to be a locker room cancer in mine. Miles Brennan might be out there, Zach says. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of options. Ohio State's going to have at least a couple of guys transfer. Um, Keaton Slovis might be available. Again, I, there are, there are some guys that aren't there that you aren't thinking are there that will be there. And Anthony Richardson is one of those guys that I would want badly. I think he is supremely talented and physical and can run, and he's got a big arm, and he won't start there for a while. At least it doesn't feel like it. That That's kind of – I would do that whole back channel thing that people pretend doesn't happen, that totally happens. I would do that with Anthony Richardson if it were me. That's what I would do. Um, and if it hasn't been ruined – um, you know, there might be a freshman incoming current Southern Cal commit that, uh, it's from Utah that just visited Oxford and, um, the people that have spoken to him, he appears to have enjoyed his visit and is a possible flip candidate. So we'll see, um, we, we will see if that still is something that's going to happen. If, uh, if 
it got ruined or not. We'll see. On the other side, Ole Miss. Ole Miss absolutely has to do what if they want to beat Tennessee in Knoxville on Saturday night. I, I did too because uh, they're both hand-in-hand. First, continue to run the football. Ole Miss was able to control the line of scrimmage. One starter down, another one banged up, up front on the offensive line without Jerry and Ely against what I think is a better Arkansas front. Continue to run the football like that, and it will open up so much more for Corral. And what I've noticed from Tennessee is physically, I don't think they have the depth that is ready on either line of scrimmage. I think we talked about this yesterday, Son. On either line of scrimmage, I don't think they have the depth that is ready to physically match up with what Ole Miss looked like this past Saturday. So continue to run the football and make that a focal point in your offense. It will open up so much for Corral and you saw it. They scored 52 points against Arkansas because they committed to running the football. And Tennessee does not present the same challenge as the defense that Arkansas does, if you can believe it. But tackle better. They've got to tackle better. Everybody's obsessed with the scheme with 326. Oh, just change the scheme in the middle of the season and they will dramatically just be better. It's it's the 326. That's the problem. Just add a fourth defensive lineman, bring another linebacker in, and yeah, they'll be great. No, that, that's not how that will go down at all because they don't have that many defensive tackles to really do a four-man front all that consistently anyway. And look at their linebacker room. It's better than it's been in recent history, but there's still very few numbers there of guys that can actually play. The problem with Ole Miss is not the scheme as much as it is making plays when they're able to be made. I mean, there's so many times, yes, they physically got beat up in the second half against Arkansas as the game went on because Ole Miss has so few players that they can rely on right now in the front five uh, they were getting physically beat up as the game went on but they were in positions to make plays and did not make them they have to tackle better they have to play with a little bit of pride and, and tackle better because there were times they were in positions to make plays and just could not make them because of poor tackling lack of physicality no scheme change will affect that. So they have to tackle better if they want to win the game. They have to get stops and tackle better. They absolutely cannot make mistakes and get beat up front. Uh, Matt Corral, knock on wood if you're an Ole Miss fan, did not turn the football over yet this year. That has to continue. He still has to protect the football because I think Tennessee uh, is a step down in what they present challenge-wise from Arkansas. I think Tennessee is a worse team than Arkansas, regardless of how they've played against bad teams lately. Um, the way you can keep a team like this in a game, in, in a crowd engaged in the game, is if you make mistakes, especially early, continue to play clean because they've done that. Still had a couple of really bad penalties that affected drives, should have affected the outcome of the game or could have affected the outcome of the game last week. Uh, so they have to reduce penalties, continue to protect the football. They have to do that. I think if they do, I think if Corral has another clean game, they're, they're going to win relatively comfortably. I think they'll win and not 52-51 with a two-point conversion that doesn't um, get made to win the game. But getting beat up front, they can't get beat up front um, on either side of the ball. That's just kind of a basic football thing. But uh, Tennessee's going to try to run the football on Ole Miss. They've got a couple good backs. Uh, Hooker's a good enough runner in his own right, but it's not like that's what he does. He's accurate as well throwing the football, especially 
the intermediate routes. He's much better than the guy that beat him out for the job. Um, Tennessee's going to try to run and run a lot on you. Can't get beat up there. And here are picks for you. So Ole Miss has to continue to run the football and tackle better. They cannot make mistakes. They, that that will be what keeps Tennessee in this game is if you give them extra opportunities. You can't have linemen downfields on first downs that probably would have sealed the game. Stuff like that, like they did last week. Picks, I've got four of them for you. Uh, we'll start with Michigan State at Indiana. Mississippi State, or Michigan State's a four-and-a-half-point favorite, and uh, I like the Spartans in this game on the road. If you have not watched, so this game's at 11 a.m., I know there are three SEC games going on at 11 a.m., but flip to this one a little while because there's a guy that plays for Michigan State named Kenneth Walker. Kenny Walker, uh, I think, is the best running back in America, even more so than the one at Texas right now who's getting Heisman odds. I enjoy watching him run the football. Uh, he has got balance. He's got power. He's got speed. Uh, he is... He reminds me of Ezekiel Elliott, college Ezekiel Elliott. The combination of speed, breakaway speed, power, balance, physicality, little finesse. He's got great moves. Tune into that game to watch Michigan State on offense and watch that guy run the football. He's special. And um, Indiana's beat up. I like Michigan State minus four and a half on the road in Bloomington. I like Arkansas minus four and a half uh, hosting Auburn this weekend. Uh, As you guys know, Arkansas has been on the road. This will be their first home game in about a month. Um, Had a heartbreaker last week. I think Arkansas is better at quarterback. I think Arkansas largely is better at the skill positions, and I think they are better up front. At home, you're, you're only giving me four and a half points when one team, I think, at least in my opinion, is better in the skill groups and up front than the other. I'll take that all day. I expect it to be kind of a close game. Derek Mason and his defense has done okay for the most part, uh, but Auburn just physically got manhandled by Georgia last week. Um, Arkansas gets redemption for uh, for a tough loss, and they'll win by more than four and a half points. Florida, this feels like just a gimme to me. 11 and a half at LSU, sleepy environment, 11 a.m., Fewer than 60,000 people will be in seats at kickoff. Half the stadium, maybe, will be there. Uh, I, I like Florida, considering LSU's injuries, their personnel, how bad they've played, the rumors about coaching, the sleepy environment. Um, Florida minus 11.5 at LSU. Uh, the Tigers have quit on Ed Orgeron, and they'll prove it on Saturday morning. And finally, I do like Alabama minus the uh, the 17. It's a big line. I'm aware of that. It's a big, big line. But I have a feeling that um, there's going to be some anger, some redemption from last week's bad loss. And sadly, Mississippi State is in the crosshairs of Alabama. Whoever they were playing this week, I would have picked Alabama to cover 17 and a half. They did not play well, uh, really at all. I expect them to do much better this week, especially when uh, Mississippi State, I mean, they've played better. They absolutely have. Uh, but there is kind of a formula to stop this offense, especially when you're as talented as Alabama. Um, I expect this game to be more than 17 points in a spread, that's for sure. I think Alabama's going to bounce back nicely, and uh, they'll play really good and pissed off on uh, on Saturday night. And I would have picked it like this for anybody but Georgia, really, on the schedule after that. And sadly, it is, uh, it's Mississippi State there.
So there are your picks. Again, it's Michigan State minus four and a half at Indiana. Watch that game to watch Kenny Walker. Arkansas minus four and a half hosting Auburn. Florida minus 11 and a half at LSU. And Alabama minus 17 in Starkville. So those are your four picks. Really looking forward to talking to you guys on uh, on Saturday night. By the way, did you, you watch the Americans win last night? Played like crap for the first 15 minutes or so and then looked like a team that was the best in this group uh, last night. So that was a big win. Big win. Needed that one badly because our next game next month is against Mexico. Schedule, so we're through um, nine games, right? No, we've played eight of the 14. And it gets harder after this. We've played six of the 14. Why did I say eight? Six of the 14, and it gets harder after this. The uh, the final eight are uh, are tough. So that was a big win last night. Really proud of the guys for that one. So anyway, y'all be good. I'll talk to you uh, late Saturday night somewhere, again, around 9.30, 10 o'clock, whenever the games end, whenever State and, LS, or State and Alabama and, uh, and Ole Miss and Tennessee end, we will go live with you right here. So don't forget to subscribe, and I'll see you on Saturday night. Y'all have a good weekend, and I'll talk to you then. Talk Mississippi Media Production.